you might know this scripture, but I want to look at Proverbs chapter 18 today. Verse number 21. A lot of you may know it. I feel like it's one of those verses that we hear a lot. I want to dive a little deeper into it. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Solomon was painting a picture of the mouth being something that flows like almost like a river. And he was talking about the power of the tongue being something that it flows something whether you mean to or not. And there's no neutral ground. And the perception sometimes is that your words, if they're not wrong, then they're not bad. If they're not evil or they're not speaking death, then it must be just this neutral ground. It's not bad. It's just in the middle. And Solomon points this out to us is that your, your words, everything that's uttered out of your mouth, including silence, is creating two things. Either life or death. And so it's not only in what you speak. A lot of times it's in what you don't say. You know they say, studies say that like 90% of what you say is actually read by your body language. It's like 10%. I, it's really low. The, the percentage of what you actually say gets the meaning across. Actually, the biggest part of it is your how you're saying it. My wife taught me that early in our marriage. She said, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. It's not that you said that to the kids. It's like how you said it. You said it like we're all idiots. You could say, I love you. Or you can say, I love you. Told you I love you. And a lot of, lot of things we have to think about is when we are building our souls and our lives, we are actually prophesying over our future. When you're speaking, you're uttering your future. And so the power is in your tongue. Everybody say, my tongue. My tongue has power. And so what I'm going to look at is this. Number one, write this down. Your words create. Your words create. One of the things you have to realize is that everything that comes out of your mouth and everything that does not come out of your mouth creates something. You choose the environment you're creating with everything you say and everything you're not. Your tomorrow is literally shaped by the words you speak today. Psalm 27 verse 13 says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now I love this because a lot of the scriptures you read are coming from a space of struggle. Or coming from a space of not yet. How many are in a season right now where you're in the season of not yet? All right. <laughs> Amen, sister. Devin will say what you're thinking, you know. It's because she's the mouthpiece. I, I love because a lot of times we come from the not yet. We're not yet at where we want to be. We're not yet at the family that we want to build. We're not yet financially at the place we want to be. We're not yet at the place where we have enough time for, you fill in the blank. We're always living in that not yet. Because you're always building something. That's the way we're, we're made. When Adam and Eve were taken out of the garden, you think about it, they were set on a mission to build, a mission to work the ground, 
a mission to recreate, procreate, right? So it's like, out of that, we are made to create. We're made to do something. And so you're always going to be in a season of not yet. You're always going to be a season of someday. I'm going towards. In that time period, you have a stretch of a gap where you are speaking life or death over that not yet. And so in that, that, that's where a lot of people can give up is in the not yet. Because unintentionally, if we're not careful, we speak death over where we are. How many are guilty of the same thing? I, I, I feel like a lot of times I can speak the wrong things over my current situation to get to me to where I want to go. I can speak things over the seas and look ahead and be like, man, this is going to be a crazy, wild, insane, like brace for it season. And already I can go in defeated. Or I can look at my day and be like, there's no way I'm going to get this done. No way. There's no way. What did I do? I just spoke death over my day, right? Or like, Lord, help us as we, you know, go into, like, when we came into the city, there was a lot of people who, you know, they, they call Philadelphia the, the graveyard for churches, right? Which is hilarious to me because I'm like, how, how do you know that? Like, wh what are you going off of in that, you know? But a lot of people would speak that over Philadelphia. And like, oh, there's no way. You can't do it in here. You can't do that. Da -da 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 -da. You know, it's like, shut up. <laughs> Don't speak that because what we believed is that God called us to build something that he already installed. That's what we have to realize is that in our lives, we're building stuff. We're building our families. We're building our lives off of something he already created. Do you know that? Your marriage, when, when you get married, somebody, God ordained marriage. And so literally as you speak life over that marriage, as you speak life over that relationship, you are literally speaking life into what God already purposed and ordained. Now you can take yourself out of that and speak death over it. That's why when me and Ashley first got married, we decided in the start of our relationship, we will never say the word divorce. Never. And I got that from my uncle because my uncle grew up in a home that was separated, that was broken. And so he said with his current family, he said, hey, listen, Robin, we will never say the word divorce. And I said, I like that. Let's take that. Now, little did I know, that's literally prophecy over your marriage. And so when you say things like, well, I don't know if we're just going to separate someday and get divorced. Is that what you want? Da, da, da. And we can say things, and literally we don't understand that life and death is pouring out of our mouth. And so we have to put boundaries and think because we are creating. Our words are creating. And I love Psalm 27 because he says, I remain confident of this. Can I encourage you with some confidence to get the word of God in you that says, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let me put that in your tool belt as a, a scripture to go back to. And if you need to write it down again, it's Psalm 27, verse 13. This is a passage of scripture I have on right here. I hold in my back pocket, ready to go. Because when life hits... I need to remind myself I am prophesying over my day. I am prophesying over my season. I'm prophesying over my month. And I will say this. I remain confident of this. i got to look the situation in the face. 
and say, all right, we're having a rough day. All right, this is a crazy, all right, whatever's happening, I need to say this. I remain confident of this. I will see the land of the living. The Lord already spoke it and the Lord already ordained it. So I remain confident of this. No matter what I see currently, no matter what I'm facing, man, we were reminded of that in worship today. It's just that the Lord is constantly building. He's building his church. He's, he's the faithful one. He's the one who's worthy. And when we remind ourselves that I'm confident of this, no matter what I see right now, you have already ordained my life. You've already ordained my kids. I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear for my children's future. I don't have to fear for my marriage. I don't have to fear for my finances. I don't have to fear that this, this place isn't going to work. We walked into the biggest faith movement of our life when we said yes to this building. I don't have to fear every day. Okay, is it going to work? Okay, okay. is, is it going to continue to grow? No, I, I remain confident of this. I will see the land of the living. And you can speak that over your family. Ah, man, it may look one way right now, but if I remain confident in the word of God, if I stay obedient and surrender to him, if I do soul improvement, I remain confident of this. I will see the land of the living. So I brought with me today a construction barrier. Now, you're in Philadelphia, so you, you've seen these before. But what this does, and I got a love-hate relationship with these things. Because I live in Fishtown area, and they love these in Fishtown. And it'll be like one day, you know, you have a route you go every day, and all of a sudden, eh, closed. You got to find another route. What this says is we are setting this place aside and setting it apart, you're no longer able to drive on it because this is a place where we are bettering something. We're building something. We're putting something up to say this is not a normal territory. This is a place of construction. And I want to encourage somebody today to get a little bit of fire in your belly for the construction of your soul. To say, you know what? Today, I remain confident of this. I will see the land of the living. So... This is no longer a free-for-all territory. This is no longer a run around and go wherever you want. Now this is a place where we speak life. Where we are building something that's going to last. We are building something that's going to be strong through every season. We're not passively going through life. We're setting up the barrier. Now this barrier can mean a couple things for you. Maybe it's, you know, up until this point, your home or yourself have been able to freely talk. Freely share with whatever's on your feelings and your heart and just whatever you're feeling in the moment. Just say it. And there's something to that. You can make sure you get it out and don't emotionally, like, compact yourself, okay? I'm not speaking that. What I am saying is that you choose how you perceive a situation. And so what I'm saying, this might be for you saying, all right, from here on, up to this point, it's been just whatever. I've been saying what I want to say. My family has been doing whatever. The kids have been blah, blah, blah. You, you fill in the blank. But as for this day on, this will be a place where we are intentionally building something strong. Soul improvement. This is saying, all right, from here on out, we're not going to say those words. We're not going to say this because this is a trigger. This is something that prophesies over our 
relationship, our kids, our job, our work, our calling, you name it. You, you have things that you can speak death over, saying, well, it won't work, or we don't have enough, or blah, 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 and you just fill in the blank with the excuses. But today, you can say, all right, no more excuses. This could be a barrier to say, excuses are not allowed in my heart. The excuses are not allowed in our home. This is a barrier to say, no more excuses. We're going to speak life, confident of this. Now, what this also does not only is a barrier for stuff staying out, but now it's a blockade to keep things in. It works two ways. Because construction barriers not only keep cars from driving on the road, but it also keeps the work that's happening on the road safe. It's a safety barrier. It's a barrier to say, all right, this is a zone where it's okay to mess things up. It's okay. We have grace we have forgiveness, we have love, because this is a space where we're building something to last. It's going to hurt. There's going to be times where it doesn't feel good. There's going to be times where we don't want to say, I'm confident of this. How many have been there? There's some days you wake up and you're like, I'm not very confident. But you just have to pull yourselves by the bootstraps and be like, all right, I need to be confident. This is... Putting a bear to say, this is a safe zone, and this is a place where we are going to work together. Now, this is where the church comes so in hand, because a church isn't a place you come on the weekend. It's not a place you attend. It's not a place you come get a message. It's a part of it. A church is a community. It's plugging into each other. And what we do as a community, this is why change we have core values that we've put in place for this home so that together we say, hey, guys, guess what? That's not allowed here. We don't speak death over our season. We don't speak death over this city. A lot of people say a bunch of things about this city. We don't. We don't. We, we believe that language leads the longevity of this calling, of this city, of this community, of our families. And so as for us in this church, we don't speak that stuff. But it's also a safety zone to say, hey, as community, we're going to process together. You don't have to have all your stuff together. You don't have to have your life in order. You can come to the table as you are because we realize this is a construction zone. How freeing would that be if you did that in your home? And you released everybody in the home that it's okay to make mistakes. What would happen in your culture? <laughs> It'd be huge for me. It's huge when we, we sit down with our kids and we're like, hey, listen, you guys, this is a season where we're going to have to give everybody a little bit of grace. If you can have grace for mommy and daddy, we'll have grace for you guys. We just need to have grace back and forth because this is a season where we're all going to pull together and we're going to do it well. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be intense. It's going to be amazing. But it's going to be what we make it. And so... What would happen if you sat in your home, right, guys, listen, we're building something great. We are building something strong. And some days it will be more work than others. Some days we're going to have to have the hard talks. I used to hate it when my family, when my parents would say, we're having a family meeting. I'm like, ah, as a kid, you know, I'm just like, ah, are you kidding me? Another one? You sit us all down and talk about the situation, talk about da 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 but you better believe that now, as a father, I'm calling family meetings. 
Because it's in that time you bring everybody to the same page and you realize that the barriers are, yes, for keeping things out, but mostly we're keeping the construction site safe because we're building something. We're building something. Proverbs 21, another declaration, verse 30. Proverbs 21, 30 says, There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. No plan that can succeed against the Lord and what he's doing. And so when we understand that, we realize that aligning ourselves with what the Lord says is actually bringing success to what we're building. We first moved into this area. I realized that Philadelphia was a place of potholes. Have y'all learned that yet? <laughs> my, car, my van was like, what? Where's those smooth suburban roads? And there was this place out here on, I can't remember the road, but it was a crossroads, and there's a giant, like, goiter hole. I mean, it was just like something fell out of the sky. It was that big. And every time... I would hit this hole and not see it, you know? And Ashley just like, do you not see the hole? Like, is there, is there a way we can, like, move to the other side? Because there's two lanes here, and you can choose the lane without the hole. You know, and it, was, it became something where every time we'd, we'd hit it, she'd be like, Elijah, do you remember the hole? I'm like, okay, yes, I remember the hole. And there's a couple places around the city, and um, I haven't been to the eye doctor in a little bit. And so my eyes are not the greatest. I just went to the eye doctor actually this last couple weeks. And <laughs> the eye doctor, she said, wow, you've progressed a lot. And I was like, that's a nice way of saying I'm blind, but thank you. She's like, wow, you've progressed a lot. Your script is like off the charts. And it was funny because I was like making jokes about, oh, Zion has my eyes because he needs glasses. Have you seen his glasses, by the way? Looks so good. I'm like, kid, you brought those. I looked like a nerd when I was a kid, man. I was, like, praying, like, Lord, please don't, you know, the whole, like, don't let him be made fun of and like, whatever. And he looks like a stud. I'm like, dude, okay, teenager, goodness. So, anyways, he gets, I'm joking around, like, oh, you got my eyes, blah, blah, blah. Well, then I get up, and she goes, oh, your script, no wonder you're worried about your son. I'm like, I know, right? But, like, I remember the hole and being hit, hitting this hole and just all the potholes all around Philly. And that's when I was grateful for the construction and what you don't realize is that if you don't take time to do the construction on your family and things, people are hitting the holes whether you know it or not. Your family's hitting the holes whether you know it or not. And those are places in your life where you need to do soul work. It's those spaces that are untouchable, that no one likes to come around because the blow up or it triggers something. But if we don't take care of those places, they're actually hurting our loved ones. They're hurting ourselves. We don't realize the wear and tear it takes to those around us and, and where we're going. So setting up the barriers. Are you ready to set up the barriers in your life? Set the construction barrier and say, all right, as for now, for here on out, I'm going to speak life. And this is huge. You can do this in your life. Uh, we did this in our home of saying, hey, in, in our home, this is going to be a, sp a space where we speak life over each other. And so we do this very intentionally. A lot of you know, but we do like birthday moments on birthdays. We'll take times or after every like season, we do seasons in our home. But after every season, we'll celebrate what happened. And so we'll always be intentional about saying, look at what happened. Look, Zion, you rocked it, blah, blah, blah. Ane, you were so good. You helped your brother, da, 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 the other day. And we try to be very intentional. Now, we're not perfect, uh, not in all sense. But we try to be intentional to say, 
how do we celebrate? How do we intentionally speak life? Because that life is going to produce more life, right? And, and, and me and Ashley, even with the, the couples group, we've been talking about building something that lasts and building something intentional. But let me tell you, that is harder than it sounds. It's hard to speak life at all times, especially when you're not seeing eye to eye, there's tension. And so we have to choose beforehand, hey, I'm going to speak life. No matter how we feel, no matter where we go, construction zone, we are going to speak life in this home. So we do that. We do it intentionally. We celebrate everything. We celebrate seasons, looking back. Uh, there's ways we could do that in our work, too. You know, where we say, for barriers, we could say, hey, in my workplace, I'm not going to allow gossip. Like, as, and, and you can't control everything. So say you don't own the organization, that's, that's good. It's a different story. But you can control what happens in your cubicle. You can control what happens in your space. You can control what is allowed and is gossip and drama what drives you. Well, then I would say be careful because that, that's, you need to put up a barrier because that can get you in trouble. It can speak death over not only that person but your future and your wisdom. How many of gossiping lips take wisdom right out of the picture? All of a sudden, wisdom's gone, and you're just speaking your feelings. You're saying, oh, yeah, he shouldn't have. Yeah, that's totally whatever, you know, and you're going off this, this trail. But, but wisdom says, no, I'm going to speak truth. I'm going to speak what helps. I'm going to speak what pours in and gives life to. And so we choose that, and only honoring, too. Think about this. When, when you're working for someone, it's so easy to get into the fact of, like, they don't lead like this or they don't whatever, blah, blah, blah. But choosing for yourself, I'm going to honor those in authority over me. I'm going to choose to honor. No matter what happens, no matter how bad I think they are or what's, what's happening, I'm going to choose to honor. Why? A lot of times they get asked this, like, how, uh, we got asked this actually as youth pastors. Because the youth, we would be ministering to them. They would say, I want to put down my drugs. But then all of a sudden their parents are supplying the drugs. Right? It's like, good God. Like, how, how do you, where do you go from there? Right? And they're like, well, how do I honor? Because we always talked about honor. Like, you have to honor, stay in honor, da, 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 da. And they're like, how do I honor that? And I'm like, you have to think about it like this. You're honoring up. Have you heard this? You're honoring up. And so when you honor me, just say as the leader of this house, right? You honor me, you're honoring, not me, you're honoring God. Because God put me in authority, right? When you honor your boss, you're honoring up to God. The Bible says do it as unto the Lord, not as unto the person. Not as unto your parents, not as unto that. And so when you honor your parents, when you honor those in authority, when you honor those above you, you are literally honoring up to the Lord and saying, Lord, I honor you. It's not about them. It's about you and my relationship with you. When you're in a relationship with your significant other and you're doing your marriage, guess what? You're honoring them, not because they deserve it. You're honoring up. You're honoring the Lord with how you love them. You're honoring the Lord with how you forgive them. You're honoring the Lord with how you pour life into them. Your kids, the driving nuts, right? You're honoring them because you're honoring up. Because the Lord gave you them. The Lord gave you that platform in their lives. It goes into every relationship. So you choose, I'm going to honor. I'm going to honor. And there have been people in my life that have hurt me and treated me, whatever. And I've had to choose. We've had to choose in our home. No, we will choose to stay in a place of honor. And I tell everybody this. Honor always wins. Always. Honor always wins. And so we choose those things. Uh, number two. The first thing is our words create. Our words create. The second thing is speak up. Because silence allows chance to design your culture. Silence actually allows chance, life, to design your culture. And let me tell you the truth in this. 
there's an enemy that is out to kill and destroy. And there's a God who wants to give life and give it abundantly. Those are the two things in play. There's no neutral ground. It's not just you can just coast through life. It's either you are honoring God and God is pouring out life abundantly in your life, or the enemy is having a heyday and killing your future. And so silence is not an option. Being quiet and hoping it just gets better, not an option. Sitting by and just waiting, no. That's what I love about um, the song, you know, Wait For You. Um, I can't even think of how it goes right now, but you know what I'm talking about, Maverick City, Wait For You. It's not about waiting. It's about what you do when you wait, right? It's not about just sitting and waiting on God. It's about what are you doing while you wait. How are you praising his name while you wait? It's what you, what you're speaking over your family while you're going through the garbage. It's what you're speaking over your home while that thing's taking place. Not after the fact when it's all good and God saves you. No. It's through it. It's through it. You speak life through it. I love this. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Boy, I like sitting on this barrier. I might just bring this up here every week. This is nice. I like the graffiti too. It's real Philly. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. One day the eternal God, this is the voice translation, by the way. If you've never looked at the voice translation, check it out. It's amazing. It says, one day the eternal God scooped dirt out of the ground, sculpted into the shape we call human, breathed the breath that gives life into the nostrils of the human, and the human became a living soul. Everybody say soul. Soul. Think about it like this. Every day, you breathe in, you breathe out. In fact, let's do an exercise real quick. Everybody's together on the count of three. Breathe in real hard. Ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. Breathe out. You just breathed in the breath of God because that's what's in your lungs. And you chose to breathe out the breath of God. With every breath, you have the power to breathe the power of God into your life. When God formed the earth, it wasn't enough just to create humans. He had to give them his image. What is his image? God who loved so much that he gave. God who created with words. He spoke in the word, right? He was the word. The word was with God. Think about this. You have the breath of God in you, which means you have the word of God in you. So everything you breathe out, everything you utter with your mouth, everything you speak is speaking life. So don't be silent. Silence is not an option. And every time we, we do breathe and we do speak, we do one of two things. We speak life or death. And I brought with me my shepherd's staff. I love this thing. Now, a shepherd back in the day, he would use his shepherd's staff to do two things. Number one, to defend. Get you. Wolves, bears, all the stuff. Lions, tigers, bears, oh my. And number two, they would have this like hook on it to save and rescue sheep. So a lot of times they'd be in a field and there'd be little cliffs or valleys and things and the sheep would get stuck right in there. And the shepherd would go down and rescue the sheep that come into the flock. This is how I think of our words. Because every day you have the opportunity to not only protect your home, 
protect your heart, protect from anything the enemy is trying to kill and destroy, because he is, he's mentally trying to come at you, physically he's coming at you. Think about it, I, I believe with all my heart, he dresses people up to put them in my path every day. Gets them out of bed, all the idiots, all the people who want to speak death over my calling, he gets them up every day. How many have that in your life? <laughs> you know it's true. <laughs> and you, when you meet him, you're like, hey, I know you. So I want to put something in your hand because you do have a staff. You, you, have, you have a staff with you that you can protect with your words. You can speak. You can speak that. But also, if we use our words to rescue, because that's the other thing we can do with our words is we rescue others. We rescue our family. We rescue our relationships. We rescue those that we're called to save. There's many people that are waiting on you to take the power of your mouth. Not only just neutrally go through life, but to understand it as a weapon. To understand that your voice counts. Your words are actually prof prophesying over. That's why I, I, when we do counseling with parents, I always tell them, hey, you are the prophets over your home. And so what you speak over your kids at night, what you speak over your kids in the morning, what, when you get up to pray and you're prophesying something over your home, whether it's complaining or life, you're doing something and you're prophesying. So if we understand in our minds, we are prophets. We are prophetess, prophetesses. Is that right? And every day we go, we literally have the power to rescue with our words, to give life and to protect, right? Or to kill and destroy. So I want to encourage and challenge us today because I believe that in this room, God has set us up to win. He set us up for victory. But it is our choice. It's not passive. It's not something that will just happen, just take place. And that's my third point is this. We have to move from speech to prophesying. We have to shift. The word of God gives power to our speech. So it's almost like um, shifting from defense to offense, right? Defense is, ah, oh, the world's against me. I'm just going to take it as it comes. And if life happens, oh, we're going to be ready. We're going to blockade and we have the safe home. You know, we're just going to protect ourselves from it. Or we can shift to offense and understand the power in our words that we literally prophesy over our day. We prophesy over our tomorrow. We prophesy over our homes. And so we choose that because Isaiah 55 lays it out. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says in the same way, my words leave my mouth and they don't come back without results. Everybody say results. Results. We're all talking about results, right? We want results in our life, results in our business, results in our health and mental health and all this stuff. He says, they never come back without results. My words, this is the Lord, my words make the things happen that I want to happen. They succeed in doing what I send them to do. And you, so you will go out from there with joy. You will be led out in peace. When you come to the mountains and hills, they will begin singing. All the trees in the fields will clap their hands. Large cypress trees will grow where there were thorn bushes. Myrtle trees will grow where there were weeds. All this will happen to make the Lord known to be a permanent reminder of his goodness and power. 
Ashley had some blueprints up here last week. And I was thinking about that because before there's construction, there's blueprints, there's plan. And I want to encourage this room. I want to encourage you and your family and your home and your business and what God's called you to create and to build. I want to I give you a challenge to map it out, to write it down. He said this to Habakkuk. He said, write it down so that those who read it can run. Write the vision. Write the plan. Write the purpose. Write your battle plan. Write it out. If you're a couple today, you're making a relationship happen, write a plan. What are you going to do to build life into that relationship? If you're building a business, write out the plan. What do you want to be known for? Not just how are you going to build your business. What is your business stable on? What is the foundation of it? If you're building a home, you're raising a child, if you're building something, what is the foundation of that space? What are you built on? I remember sitting with the team before we even planted this church and said, all right, what are the core values that are going to lead this church? Because if we don't come up with core values, we're just going to be pulled in every certain way. People are going to come in with ideas and be like, hey, change should be this, and change should do that, and change should whatever, da, da, da. And that's not bad to have creative ideas, but if we're not based on a foundation, we won't build anything. If you're not, if you don't know the plan for your home, you're just going to haphazardly go through life. And guess what? There's an enemy out to kill and destroy the work of your hands. He is out to kill the promises of God over your life. Not doomsday, man. Just to know that you have the power to stop it. You have the power to say, as for me and my home, we're building here. We're doing something great. We're building something that's strong. We're, we're inviting the Lord to be in this space. And how many know what the Lord builds? Nobody can tear down. Come on, what the Lord puts in place will prevail, the Bible says. He makes the path so that your foot won't stumble. He creates the foundation so your home won't fall in the storm. Come on, that's the God we serve. Even in death, we can rely on him because he spoke and Lazarus came out of the grave. Even in the weakest and the darkest and the times where we want to give up, the Lord is there in confidence. 